This is a WKYT podcast. Check. It looks like we're recording, Andrea. Are you going to leave that in? <laughs> sure. All right, here we go. <laughs> sure am. <laughs> we are uh, recording on new equipment, the official WKYT podcast studio. We've got microphones hanging up in front of us, no longer carrying around my camera. I mean, I still use it every day for, for shooting my stories, but... This is just one less one less thing to yes. worry about. One less step. Now I don't have to put it on my laptop. Now I just go edit in the edit bay. And there you go. So far, things, things seem to be going pretty quick. And, um, you know, they've been pretty accommodating when we say, hey, we need to schedule this for the podcast. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You know, things are going well. And, and, I know. And here's the thing. That kind of accommodation motivates you to do more. You're exactly right. And I already have an idea for our next guest, but this is going to be a tough one. Bill just had his 35th anniversary. Oh, so you want a solo Bill show? I think we should. I'm all for it. I would love it. I know. I really think we should, and we're going to have to schedule it with him. Which, <laughs> we are. Even though he sits across the room from us, we're going to be like, Bill, um, when do you have, what's your schedule? Can we I set know. up a time when we can all just sit together and talk? It's going to be tough because even if we set aside, you know, typically we'll be like, oh, it'll be like 20 minutes, 20, mm-hmm. 30 minutes. He will talk way more than that. <laughs> and I can say that because I know he won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel free. Well, today's guest was also a talker. Yes, we talked a lot. Yeah. Just tangent after tangent. Yes, it should have been called the, the diversions with Victor and Andrea. Because <laughs> we diverted a lot. Uh, yeah, so we talked to Kristen Flum. Um, she's not going to be an employee of WKYT. She's coming to work for Fox 56, kind of the, the other uh, channel here that we also produce news for. Mm-hmm. So she'll be working in the building with us. Right. I, I will rarely see her. If ever. If you see her, something went really wrong for one of you two. For one of us. On one end or the other, something did not go well. And, uh, yeah, I, I may see her occasionally as she's getting in and I'm leaving. Yeah, she'll be doing the 10 o'clock news. Obviously, a lot of people will remember her from her time at LEX 18. So we're talking to a former competitor. Yes, although uh, also a former co-worker of mine. That's the other thing a lot of people don't I, know. Same. I was her photographer whenever... Um, she was at. She was there, and so everybody thinks I was an intern at eighteen. I was not. <laughs> I've, talked to, I've talked to people who worked there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, didn't Andrea intern?" Everyone for us. thought I was an intern. I was actually employed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was an editor and an associate producer when they launched the morning weekend show. And look at how we're shining now. I know we've come a long way. See, Robert Thomas just plucking talent, putting it to use. I guess technically we're talent. I don't know. Anyway. Well, that's our title. I don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a loose one. It is a very loose one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the podcast um, or to the interview. It's a long one, but I think it's a really good one. It's really it was interesting for me to hear from her about her time in Chicago because you imagine this just this glamorous uh, studio and setup and everything, and it sounds like they kind of have the same issues every newsroom does. And that's what I've always wondered because you know you'll think about things every now and then on especially on days when you're having a rough day mm-hmm. or like you've had a rough week you're just like oh, I could I could go somewhere I could do it but then yeah it's the same thing no matter where you go you're always going to have the same issues that's just any workplace that's right all right well here we go here's our conversation with Kristen Flom <laughs> <laughs> Let's start it right there. All right, there we go. Yes. <laughs> so actually, not not our first infant on the podcast. Uh, today we're here with Kristen Flom. Hey guys. Hello. So good to have you. Thanks. We're so happy to to have you back in Lexington. Uh, what is it like? Oh my gosh. We just we knew I think that Chicago was going to be kind of a short-term thing we didn't know for how many years but the whole time we were gone we just wished we were back and it wasn't like Chicago wasn't fulfilling for us or um wasn't awesome in so many ways but it's not home you know this after 11 years at channel 18 and living in Lexington um it became home and we put our roots here and my oldest son is here my sister is now here in the time that we've been in Chicago my grandma and grandpa have moved to Danville my aunt and uncle are in Harrodsburg. Really? My cousin is a Lexington firefighter. Um, I didn't, I didn't so realize like the they all fam. followed you. Yeah. yeah, the whole fam moved down here. So um, we're just surrounded by everyone now, and it's so great to be home. And so it's nice great. when you have little ones like oh we have with us today. And yes, I've got Cruz here. 
sitting in my lap trying not to be fussy. This is my problem, child. Oh, my gosh, I love this it. This is the, the tough one. Now, we all know that you and Lee Cruz were good friends. Is he named after Lee Cruz once and for all? Well, that was a, a joke that was made on Twitter, and it kind of grew some legs, and everyone was like, what? You really? The timing of it all was like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you're in support of Lee, which Lee is a dear, dear friend of ours. But um, no, he's not. Cruz <laughs> was, just was, already on, there. was on our short list of names when we named Enzo almost two years ago. And uh, so when we decided to have another, we went back to that list, and this is the one that popped off. There it was. Since I like we have Enzo names. with a Z. Let's have Cruz with a Z too. So we have Colton, Cruz, and Enzo. I there love it. So one of the things we normally start with this is we ask people how they got started. You know, what? Growing up, were you a fan of the news? <laughs> um, I would say. No. In <laughs> fact, I would make fun of my dad, like constantly coming home from work and turning uh, the on news the news. Is on. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, is there anything else we can watch? Full House or Family Matters or no, something like that? When you're a kid, it's not very exciting. Uh, no, it was not at all. Um, and I say that I was never really interested in this. And my grandma and grandpa say, now, Chrissy, wait a second. We have some old tapes of you playing radio mm. in the bedroom. So I would apparently record off the uh, country station in Martinsville, Indiana, and do some playbacks and talk over you the DJ? songs. I would DJ a little bit. It's kind of whatever <laughs> you called it. Um, it would not look like that. And please, Grandma and Grandpa, do not ever bring those tapes out. Apparently, they do exist. Um, but I guess I had a knack for it early on. So, But I really didn't figure out that this was what I wanted to do until my junior year of college. Oh, wow. Um, I was a political science major. My mom signed me up at DePaul. I'm like, Mom, what am I getting into? This is so far over my head. I'm not interested. This is what Dad should be doing. Um, And I took, during one of the winter term breaks, I did a radio show and I thought, well, this is kind of cool, but I'm just sitting in this sterile room and there's no one to talk mm-hmm. to. And maybe I should try something else. And we didn't have a TV station at DePaul at the time. And so they said, well, let's start one. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember Nicole Pence. I'm sure you yeah, do. Yeah, I um, do. Nicole was a DePaul alum. And so we literally sat a picnic table and chairs up with a curtain backdrop. Oh, yeah. It was... These guys should see their faces right now. I'm I'm not kidding. Like it no, was it as amateur tech. as it gets. And we started the TV station. So now it's funny because I'll have DePaul people. Oh, oh there's goodness. those lungs. Yeah. Um, I'll have DePaul people say, Hey, you're the girl that's on the wall at the the TV station. And I said, Yeah, I founded that. I was part of that. <laughs> that's also sort of my no. claim to fame that they I have don't this like to know it was at a picnic table on a resume. Oh, that looks no, good. No, no, no. But it was. It was a such a huge um we had a great mentor who had been in the business for many, many years. And so he sort of headed up the program and we all caught on. And then I was fortunate enough to get a internship down in Fort Myers, Florida at the, um, ABC, NBC duopoly. And, um, I learned a ton of just on the job stuff and that's where we all get our knowledge. That's where you really build it up is, is watching someone do the job day to day, going out there. And by the end of my internship, I was a nervous wreck. I mean, you guys know how it is going in and you're like, these people are professionals and they know what they're doing. And here I am. I've never done this before. And oh my God, they're going to make me shoot a stand up. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is going to take me 437 takes. And they did. But I had um, a guy that just held my hand through all of it. And he took me out of my comfort zone. And I thought, this is really cool. I mean, you guys know it's different every day. You never know what you're getting into. Um you, know, kind of, you get to leave your work at the office. I don't have to do expense right. reports when I go exactly. home or send many emails. So I love it. And it just stuck. Oh, it's always interesting when, when you're with interns and you have them shoot stand-ups, just kind of stuff to get them to know what it feels like. And everybody starts so small. Oh, yeah. And you have to tell them, oh, like, yeah. no, it feels weird, but you have to be bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's just And all the little crutches we want to use, like mm-hmm. always writing stuff down, you know. Mm-hmm. No, and that's why the mentor that I had was awesome. I mean, he was out there. It was down in Fort Myers, Florida. So we did a lot of stuff on the beach. And um, there was a seaweed pile that there was, like, some toxic algae or something that they had plowed up on the beach he wanted to climb the seaweed and he was like Kristen you're gonna do it too I said come again say what, what? yeah yeah and he did and it was an awesome like, stand up toxic yeah. that's why we're here <laughs> that's the story Tom uh but he did and of course it made for really great tv so, oh I bet yeah he was one of the best in the biz and it's so good to have people like that because you know especially sometimes with women they're not as supportive right. of each other right. so like having those mentors they mean so much well and in a newsroom 
you know, I, I was in one for 11 years in, in Lexington and, and we watched a lot of interns come and go that mm-hmm. really weren't that driven and didn't want to do much more than answer phones. But for the ones who did want to go out, absolutely wanted to take them under my wing and give them everything that Tom gave me right. because it was such an invaluable experience. Um, There's a big difference between somebody who's coming in just to get their credit hours and oh, somebody yeah. who actually wants really to learn. Wants and and to it kind it. of inspires you to, oh, I, I, I right. want to help them. Right. Yeah. And you want to see them you sort of follow their, their path. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a girl over at Channel 18 right now that I took under my wing when she was an intern. And I just, she started at uh, in Bowling Green and now she's there. And, and I just love watching her grow. You know, I can kind of say, I, I had a hand in that. And I can't wait to see what she does next. Well, Nick Oliver here was an intern. Or not intern. He, uh, he worked part-time. Oh, That's yeah. what it was, part-time web guy. And so, but he wanted to be on air. He's so and good. And he went to SAZ for a while and then came well, back. Well, and you were a photographer. I was you used to say, shoot my stories back. back. I was say, say. So that's, that's, that's one of the things we were, when we were talking about, you know, you being on here next week or last week, I, I, I was like, yeah, it's going to be interesting because Kristen probably remembers me as like the goofy photog. And now I'm. <laughs> I don't think you'll the, ever the drop goofy the goofy reporter. title, Victor. <laughs> that's I want that's what makes you Victor. <laughs> Let's dig. Yeah. What did he do? What was the young you know Victor Puente? You know the story Puente? I always remember, and God, your brother's going to hate me, when you always used to talk about your brother. He's not chubby. He's healthy. He's healthy. <laughs> and I thought, man, this brother's going to grow up with some, uh, some self-care issues. He's, 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 he's bigger Vincent, than I am now. That That's name? Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he could take me down now if he wanted but to. So yeah, it was, it was all in love. Yeah, But it I was. remember you always talking about your brother. And us going out to Powell County. Yep, every time we go yeah, to Powell County, I know everybody. Know spots to go to, and everyone come up and talk to Victor. Of course, that's of still course. the case whenever I go to Powell County. It's gotten, <laughs> believe it or not, now that I'm on air, it's gotten uh, more Worse, intense. Really? Yes, every time. I go, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, they love you. There you yeah. go. That's what so it's been all in. So, since you weren't really interested in broadcasting, what were you into? Like maybe growing up, was there something else that you were Horses. maybe passionate about? Horses. Yeah, which. Is why I actually took the job in Lexington because when I, so my first job right out of college was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I say I worked there for like five minutes because that's what it felt like. I think it was actually four months. And then our company was sold and we were just laid off. We were told on a Saturday that as of Tuesday, we would no longer have jobs. So that was my first dose of the real world. You're already broke in your first Uh, station. You're already broke. (laughs) I'm in an apartment lease. I had just gotten a new car. Oh my gosh. You know, with a car payment. And I thought, huh. Great. So this is how the real world works. <laughs> okay. So um, I started obviously sending out some tapes. I didn't have much. What did I really have being there four months? And I got a bite from Lexington. And I remember the day that Tim Gilbert called me from Channel 18 because I'm like looking. I'm going, Tim, Tim Gilbert, like, I, didn't, I didn't send you anything. How did you find me? And he said, well, you know, I used to have ties up there to Fort Wayne, and I heard about your situation. We're looking for someone. And at the same time, the place where I had interned down in Fort Myers was looking for someone. So they had flown me down there for an interview. And, okay, do I want to live on a beach in Fort Myers, (laughs) or do I want to live in Kentucky? And um, I came here, and the news director at Channel 18 took me around, and I just fell in love with it. And the fact that there are so many horses around here, and that was my pride and joy at the time. I said, well, maybe I can get back into horses I'll tell you what, I was here all those years, never once. Never once got a horse. horse. Never once. But obviously I made the right decision and fell in love with this place in Fort Myers. Eh. I can go visit the beach. There you go. It's it's kind of a common story. We see people who come here planning to be here for two or three years and do their stint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought I was going to do. And then, well, then life happens. You know, I had my son, too, and you obviously have to consider their interests. And and I thought, I have no reason to leave. My family was in Indianapolis three hours away, and then everyone started moving Moving down here. So Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, well, maybe this is where I'm meant to be. And I truly do believe that this was, this all happened for a reason. I think you're the perfect person to ask this because I feel like people who are just getting into the industry, they're looking at market size. That's all they care about. But obviously you came here. We're kind of a mid-sized market, Mm -hmm. a good-sized market. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are so many people that that's all they care about is that number. But you really need to go where you're happy, right? Well, and the grass is not always greener. I'll Mm. tell you that. And having worked in the number three market in the country, they have the same problems that we have here in Lexington and that you would have in Bowling Green or Fort Wayne or you name it. Um, equipment breaks, budget issues, um, you know, staff calling in and you don't have enough people to cover a story. I mean, it happens there too. Um, and 
it was an invaluable experience for me. I mean, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It it's very cutthroat. I mean, mm. it was took me out of my comfort zone. It made me grow as a journalist immensely. Um, I mean, they operate more like a network news station. I mean, anything breaking nationally, worldwide. I mean, we jumped on the air when President Trump ordered the airstrikes on Syria. Oh, wow. um, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I have to become, become this an expert. expert on Bashir Assad. And Suddenly that political science exactly. almost agree. Yeah. And, I mean, that's why you always have to be brushed up on everything mm-hmm. and all your current events. And that's what I tell interns, like, no everything just always read all the headlines every morning make sure you at least sort of know a little bit about each story because it i mean i literally had four minutes to jump on the air that day and start talking about that and i thought oh my god i mean my heart's pounding out of my chest um but that's that's how it is and we were a station that was owned by fox news corporation i mean so when I did my one step yeah oh my gosh when i did my interview there and they taped it and they said all right we got to send this off you know up to up the to chain. Rupert, Rupert oh, and wow. you know we have to have everyone okay it and then Shari Berg from Fox News is watching our morning show every morning and I'm just you were always on pins and needles Pressure. yeah and it, it makes you grow mm-hmm. I mean it's a sink or swim market and um, I learned so much and just being on when the uh, Las Vegas massacre happened um i was on the morning show then so with the time difference and everything it was just a few hours before we came on air and i was two days away from giving birth to enzo so i was massively (laughs) pregnant and we were on the air for nine hours Mm. that day doing live interviews with former fbi agents and homeland security guys and um just people who run big events in chicago because you know obviously huge crowds gather Lollapalooza. Um, was coming up at the time. And so it's just a lot and you have to be on top of it, but I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. I grew a lot. Um, and I just felt like, but the one thing that, that I was missing up there, even though it offered me so many things and and challenges that were good for me, it, I just lacked the the relationships that I had here and the connections. I mean, I could rattle off 10 stories that I remember to you out of Lexington of families that I did multiple stories with over the course of a decade and, and cried with Mm -hmm. and laughed with and went to their birthday parties. And you become so close to these people um, that you meet through tragedy usually, and you build this bond that's just beautiful and unbreakable and, and just will go on for years and years. And I, I never had that up there. And it's hard to establish that with such a big so city many and they people. have such a big footprint, you know, yeah. in, in the area that they cover. Um, and I just, I really, really miss that. And, mm. and that was what played in my decision to come back to news because, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll come back and get out of the business mm-hmm. and go into some sales job or something like that. But I just couldn't, I mean, my heart was still in telling stories and connecting with the people who, even though I left, have stayed in touch with me all these years. And, um, I saw you tweet about Doodle really Peel cool. when oh my he gosh. retired. Dude, what are we going to do without Doodle? I know, I know man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So for those of you who, do, who don't know, uh, Doodle Peel, longtime uh, deputy deputy in uh, the Nicholas or Jessamine County, Jessamine County uh-huh. Sheriff's Department, um, good friend of Andrea. Yeah, my dad hired Doodle Aww. when he was sheriff. They were very good friends. And uh, he's just one of the nicest people. And he oh always spoke gosh. so highly of you. Aww. He loved you. Well, I just adored him. And it was, it's so funny. Even to watch Doodle grow into oh that role, because he became the, <gasps> he the so spokesperson for the Jessamine County Sheriff's Department that we would call when we would need an interview. And I remember the first couple, I think I had to stop and say, Doodle. Honey, it's going to be just okay. grab his arm. <laughs> say, Doodle, just talk to me like we're talking as friends. Mm-hmm. And he's, okay, okay, Chris and I, because he kind of talks faster, oh, you know. So and oh my God, I just fell in love with him. I know. And and we became great friends. And like I said, you know, I'd, I'd call him up most of the time for a story, but sometimes I'd just call him, hey, Doodle, you know, how you been? And we'd talk about family or whatever was going on in life. And um, what a ride he had. And I'm so happy for him that he gets to take some time to himself now. Um, but yeah, there are many like him that, oh, you know, yeah. I just, you build relationships with and... They become part of you, and I miss that. And it's almost like when you're calling them for a story, it's it's not like you're reaching out to a contact. It's like you're calling right. a friend and be like, hey, you know. And right, exactly. Just... And and you, 
there's a respect there. Yes. I mean, they understand that you have a job to do, but you also understand that there's some things that they can't mm-hmm. say and reveal. And um, Which is part of building that relationship of trust. Because oh when gosh. they let you know, look, here's something, we, we right. can't release this right now. Right. And, you, and you trust that there's a reason right. that, that, okay, this must be right. something that I, I understand. That. Another big uh, piece of advice I give to the newbies, you know, you, you can't burn. The people that are that are helping you out and making your job easy. Because when I left here, that was one of the things I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to make this big jump to Chicago because I got to start all over make and I'm going to be at the bottom contacts. of the totem pole and I'm not going to know anyone. And if I have to call someone from a story, because it just was so easy. I had connected with so many people. I always knew who to call and they would always trust me, you know, with the information they were giving out. And if I, they could sort of give me a little bit, but I couldn't report it, you know, we were on that um, understanding too. So. I hope that they they find that I have not changed and we can just slide right back into that because I I really enjoyed those relationships. So obviously you're back in a familiar place, but you're in unfamiliar territory. Mm -hmm. You were saying when you came in, she was like, I've never been here before. I've driven past this place on Winchester Road so many times and I'm like... Do they like go in the front door? That's a big one. Does that even function? Do I drive around? Just ornamental, the side? yeah. Yeah. Well, there are. This place is a maze. First off, you're gonna learn. Oh, that. really? Yeah. Well, it's beautiful from the outside, and whoever does your groundskeeping, kudos. So it always what, looks so pretty. What was it like for you whenever you started getting the call for Chicago? I mean, was did you realize it just it's gonna be life altering? Well, what was that like? So I decided to get an agent, and that was uncharted territory for me. Um, and you don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. know if they're just going to take your money, if they're really going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, do some digging. But I found that a lot of those big-time jobs aren't posted anywhere, not for just the average person to go find. So they have their finger on the pulse of what's opening, coming open in the coming months. And I'll tell you, the first place I interviewed that he sent me was Atlanta. Mm. And it was a bomb, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It didn't go well. I wanted what to happened? crawl under <laughs> the biggest rock I could find and never show my face in this industry again. <laughs> I know. I, I wanted to scream too. He's upset too. Cruz is upset. Oh my just thinking about it. Um, so, sorry about that. Hey, they can hear that you on his belly. Um, so, uh, some places will try to throw you mm. in your audition to see how you react every way they can um and they did they and there were some things that i don't think they had planned on going wrong that went wrong too just to add insult to injury sure and so i'm already a nervous wreck you know coming from lexington gonna make this big jump to atlanta possibly um people who have been in this business for decades they have this ease of being on air. They have the ability to to talk off the cuff. They know their area. They know all the streets. Um, they deal with a chopper in the air all the time and a set that moves all over the place and a jib camera that follows you from one set side of the set to the other and all these elements thrown in. And I had tried to mentally prepare myself for that, but <laughs> that was not nearly enough. So... They had sort of told me what the audition was going to be like. And uh, I get in there, and it's like, okay, we're going through some reads and all that stuff. Well, then the prompter goes out. Okay, fine. You roll with that mm-hmm. all the time. You go to your scripts. Yeah. Well, then they start moving me around the sets. So they start me on one side, and they it was like during a commercial break, and they say, all right, when the prompter comes back up and we come back on, uh, you're going to – the screen behind you is a touch screen. You can zoom in on the streets. Keep in mind, like, I have to touch the screen and turn one way or address the prompter that is totally on the other side. And, oh, we're going to throw in street names that have, like, Native American uh, Mm. spellings and and, um, pronunciations. Oh, just fantastic. So you could just try to wing it, you know, as much as you can. But the screen wouldn't work when I zoomed in on Tammy Amy Trail or whatever it was. And um, so as I'm trying to fumble my way through that read and story, they get in my earpiece and say, we have breaking news. Uh, There's a hostage situation that air, whatever they call their chopper, is up over, and there are two women and three children inside, and the man has made threats uh, that he's got a gun, and, oh, you're going to do that while you're walking to the other side of the set, and the jib's going to follow you. 
Oh my, I just lost it. I, I think I literally stopped in the middle and just stopped. I said, just bust this. Just, we're going to start over. I mean, I was so just, my mind was all over the place. I was so frustrated. So then we tried to come back and they had the prompter in the wrong spot. Okay, you're trying to throw me again. I see what's going on. You've done this 30 times already. I'm mm-hmm. going to get this. So I go to my scripts. Well, then they bust that one. Prompter's in the wrong spot. I, say, I know. I'm aware. I know. <laughs> I went to what I know, okay? Just keep going because now I'm in a groove and now you're going to mess that up too. And then I had to do a Q&A about this one story. And I think I, I remember at one time I just said, I lost my, my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say. I actually said that during the audition. Well, I think we've all been there. Like you just, there are some days when you're just off and no matter what you do, you can't gain your footing. It's like a continuous fall. They got in my head Yeah. and they won that day, but I left there and I thought, do I even want to work for a place like this? If no. you're, if your newscast you goes fail. this bad on yeah. a daily basis, because again, some of those things, like the one time the jib didn't move with me. So we had to stop and start again. Not my fault. Mm-hmm. That was a camera and operator. That happen? Yeah. yeah. The prompter and the, all that stuff is that if you guys have this many problems, I don't want to work here. This sounds like a train wreck newscast anyway. So get me out of here. I could not wait to get on that plane and get back to Lexington and never wanted to talk about. It. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for uh, rehashing one of the worst moments. I'm sorry. I- <laughs> did, I'm did, you feel like, did you feel like that, though, like prepared you whenever you went to Chicago? Well, I was terrified because I thought I can't have another one of these. I mean, my confidence is just going to tank if I have another one of these. But. Um, Chicago was much gentler on me. They told me, um, we're going to talk about three subjects and it could be this or this, but you know, maybe if something breaks overnight, be prepared to talk about that. And I think we talked about, um, at the time, because it was coming into the political season, is Donald Trump going to be the GOP candidate? So we talked about that. Um, there was a big lottery, like a half a billion or over half a billion, (laughs) So we talked about that, and then um, a local story on, I believe it was Northwestern's campus, about uh, something about a woman and a rights that she felt was being taken away. So um, we pretty much rolled with that and just had a back and forth, and then they asked me, you know, why I appreciated the job as a journalist. I actually told the story. You probably remember this. I don't know if you were my photographer then. The, the rat story on Race Street. Oh, I remember the rat. Do rats. you remember? Yep. Were you with me that day? I was with you that okay. day. Yes. There's a lady who loved her rats. Well, yes. What? And this was this is a story that I'll never forget. And when I talk about what journalism means to me and the impact that we have, I'll I always think of this story. I'll um, never forget the smell. Yes. We it was dead middle of summer. I mean, probably mid-July, coming up on August, super hot like it is now. And we get a phone call into the newsroom, and they said, you got to get out here on Race Street. There are rats everywhere. And our assignment editor is like, okay, let's let's see. So they sent our chief photog out, and he ca- calls back in the newsroom and says, yep, there are rats everywhere. Uh, send Kristen out here. So Kristen, still being pretty new, walks in in like her four-inch open-toed heels and her little <laughs> pencil skirt, and they're like, you're going to Race Street, and you're going to cover rats. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And so I go out there and no joke, there are rats running in the street, congregated around this one house. And so we the start talking to people. The grass is tall and you can see the grass moving. There's garbage cans that are moving. These rats are just traveling like she in packs or whatever you call a bunch them. of. Yes. And so um, the story was these people that lived on Ray Street had been calling the health department for a while, the police department, trying to get any help to get rid of these rats. Well, there was a woman um, and she basically they had eaten away her floor of her house. I mean, it was it was bad. It was very, very sad, the condition she was living in. But to keep them out of her house, she would bring dog food bags home and set them outside the house so that the rats would feed on that and not go in her house. Well, obviously they were all congregating around there and just getting thicker and thicker and and more active. She was and basically the people creating that lived a giant there, rat colony. Oh my gosh! Oh the, my and the people gosh. that lived there were fed up, and they had tried everything. So they finally called the news station. So we went out, and no joke, within. Three hours, the health department was out there, the fire department was out there, the police were out there, and they got this poor woman out of the house, they moved her, the Catholic Action Center stepped in she and helped. Help. Yeah. She needed That's... help. 
And um, she thought she, she considered them her pets. So she, we do have a soundbite. She said, they, she were said they were her pets. Oh, but man. I'll never forget the other soundbite. Uh, well, there were two. Uh, one woman says, them rats are as big as my feet, and I wear a size 10. <laughs> Not kidding. It's on YouTube. I'll have to pull it up for you. And Our then local sweet brown. Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah. There was another uh, guy who came out, and he says, he said, rat poison, rat poison, we need some live ammunition up in here. So, yeah, and he but- was... Not joking. And then I mean, the story there continued were... because the landlord decided to mow the grass. Mow the grass. Um, there were all these rats in the grass. Well, and then they were dead rats too because so they, they had were... put out poison. So now it stunk to high heaven. Oh, because and he was they're just mowing chopping the grass. up these rats. Oh right. man! But I tell that story because. That's the impact we have. I mean, these poor people had reached out for weeks to try to get rid of them, and no one was listening. Mm -hmm. And we come out there and raise awareness on it and, um, you know, put it out there. And this woman got the help she needed. The rats were gone. They eventually dozed the house. Like, they got rid of that house altogether. Right. Um, But I got some... some flack from... And I won't mention her name because she's actually a dear friend of mine that I work with... um, in several other stories, but she called me that day and she said, she ripped me a new one. You know, you're exploiting this woman and you put her story out there and you just embarrassed her. And I said, look, you know, ma'am, I won't use her name. Um, I said, we did some good. You know, I feel good about this story. Um, you know, she was willing to talk with us. If she would have said no, I wouldn't have put the camera in her face. We were there to show what the story was and that were all these rats running this neighborhood. Um, and I said, within a couple of hours, she got the help she needed and she's out of there. My job is done. That's all we wanted. I, I don't believe it was exploiting her. I don't believe it was sensational. We drew attention to this story. Now it's a non-story. She's in a better place. Everyone's happy. Yeah. She may never have made that step and without at the, it. At the you end know, of the conversation, we fine. were cordial and everything was good. But I think, you know, at first she just saw it as we were just looking at it as a news story. Well, not at all. You know, it became an infamous one for the longest time. I walked, you're the, you're the, the rat story girl. I'm okay. like, am I ever going to shake this? So, um, but I tell that story because it, it does show the impact that we can have and the good that we can do. Um, it's, it's crazy. it made me Just feel good. News day. camera showing up, how much of an mm-hmm. impact people, especially people in power, will suddenly mm-hmm. be like, okay, we need to right. do something. Mm-hmm. But then there was the chicken story in Nicholasville where they didn't get it fixed. It was like basically the exact same situation. There was a guy in Nicholasville who built his dream home, and this guy moves in I next to him that has all this. these chickens Miranda that just did it. wouldn't wouldn't stop. Like they, they may have been, who knows what they were being used for? Right, allegedly. Mm-hmm. But they were like very loud. Like mind wander, what you do with a bunch of chickens in cages? Oh and, gosh. Yeah, but, but it's like there was nothing they could right. do. Right, legally that was that guy's yeah. property, and so, so it's now. tough. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That's the hardest part of the job. It's like you feel so connected and then sometimes you can't help. Right, right. But I, I could rattle off so many of these stories that I, I remember. I remember the panhandler that, guy. Oh I, my gosh. Yeah. He's he, still he's, around. <laughs> he's not in prison anymore? Didn't we have him not too long ago? He got arrested again. Oh, when I left, he was in prison and I was really excited about that. We finally got him on federal charges. On tax. I haven't seen him in a while. I know exactly what you're talking about. but Well, I... he had a mohawk this time. Oh, did he? I don't remember yeah. that. I thought he was bald. Well, maybe I'm thinking of two different people. You might be thinking of a different... Oh, yeah, no, you're thinking of... Yes, oh, you no, are thinking, thinking of a different you're one. You're thinking, thinking of Sherman uh, Denny. Sherman, Sherman yes. Denny, yes. And I have... He sent me a friend request <laughs> on, like, Instagram or something. <laughs> I don't... Maybe it was someone posing as him, but... Um, yeah, he he was the one of Yeah, that was a different. We, we've covered. Oh, okay. Better. So he was okay. Yes. He was inspired so did, did by the original. He got federal charges because he was imitating. He got federal charges thanks to me because that <laughs> nice. was the only way we could get him locked up because everything else was just sort of a slap on the mm-hmm. wrist and 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 plus he wouldn't show up for court anyway. So, um, but turns out. There was a part of the story that he actually told that was true. Um, Many years ago, his mother sued Honda of America because of a motorcycle or ATV accident he had and won this big settlement. And he blew through all of that. Well, had some injuries from it, so he was collecting a disability check. And so he was claiming on air that he made sixty to a hundred thousand dollars panhandling, and the social security agents got in touch with me, and they're like, "Oh, well, then you don't need this disability check that we're writing you monthly. So, um, if you're going to continue to collect, we're going to have some issues." And apparently, he did. And so they finally brought him up on basically 
social security fraud mm-hmm. or disability fraud, and he got some time. So when I left for Chicago, his butt was sitting in Well, in he prison. probably still is then. I think I got confused. I'm going to have to look him and up. I love those stories because it's, it's one thing to, to panhandle and people know what's up, but when you're presenting something that's just not real. Well, of... that, that was the news gods were with us that day because... We had, if you remember the original story, it was around Christmas time and Lexington police called a news conference because he was soliciting all these people in high traffic shopping areas and stuff. And Lexington police wanted to warn people that he's a fraud. Don't give him your money. So that's why we went to the police department that day to talk to them about Gary Thompson. Here's what he does. Here's his um, spiel. Don't fall for it. Don't give him your money. Well, we were all, as reporters, kind of standing in the lobby right after this news conference, and I saw someone in a wheelchair roll by, and I thought, that looks just like that guy in the picture. So I, like, sort of covertly, like, tap Brian Gilbert, and I say, Brian, let's go, let's go, and try not to draw the attention of the other reporters, (laughs) but I run out there, and he's, you know, rolling down Main Street, and I said, Gary, and he turned around and looked at me and said, yeah, totally normal voice. And I said, what are you up to, man? You know, we just we just heard about what you're doing. And that's when he went into his character and refused to come out of it for a good 15 minutes. And I said, I'm not stupid. You know, we can keep this up all day. Or, and that's when he, you know, decided to, to just tell to us that he himself. was very proud of what he was doing and made sixty to $100,000 a year and that he's done it before and he's going to continue. And um, so it everything lined up that day. Wow. But, yeah, but it was frustrating because we did keep seeing him. He, he said he had a come to Jesus moment after that. We found him outside the Catholic Action Center and I'm going to get my life together. And I what I did was so wrong. And then two weeks later, I think he was in Frankfurt doing it because we got a call from the police up there. But he'd, you know, be charged and arrested and then they'd let it's him go sure. and he'd never show up for court. So until we got him on the federal charges, we couldn't do anything gonna about it. He's just going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, what a story. Some of those stories stick with you. So um, when did you start looking to to return to Kentucky? Well, um, my middle one, it's crazy to say my middle one. I have three boys. (laughs) Lord help me. Um, Is going to be two. And so probably within the next year or two, I'll be thinking about preschools. And then my oldest one is starting middle school. This he just started middle school. So I thought, man, okay. He's coming, and my oldest one is coming into a time where there's going to be some new challenges, maybe friends that aren't always as genuine, and and Colton sort of lets his guard down a little bit, and I, you know, I just, I, you I felt uncomfortable him. being so far away in the event that he would need mom, and um, we'd always been able to make it work. We saw him all the time in Chicago with my parents being halfway in Indy. Oh, you perfect. know, it was a yeah. perfect little meeting place. Um, but I thought, you know, he's going to need his mama. And then Enzo's going to be thinking about schools and Chicago public schools. Have you heard anything about them? They are not good. And so we would have had to have either moved to the suburbs or gone the private route. And that wasn't something we were interested in. So I think it just the timing of it was something we were thinking about. Um, And then my husband got an offer to come back with his company that he was with. And it just sort of like the stars aligned. Um, and we started talking about maybe me doing the 10 o'clock over on Fox. And I thought, this is just too perfect. Again, it's like when I came everything to Lexington, you, you know, like it was just a blessing in disguise. And everything lined up that we needed to. And so we started looking at houses and found one that we thought at the time would be a great idea to renovate while I was eight and a half months <laughs> pregnant and you. living in another mm. state and taking care of a toddler. And my husband's like, oh, don't worry about it. We got four months. It'll be so done by Plenty the time, of time you're here. Yeah. Victor and Andrea, uh, my shower is still down to the studs. <laughs> we put a vanity in this weekend. I thought I could cry alligator tears. I mean, I've got some red carpet in our den that... Uh, Ooh, I love we that. Gonna, we were going to switch out as soon as, you know, within a few years of living <laughs> yeah, there. And, it's on the list, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so I have been living in a house that is still not completely done with a toddler who's very curious about wall outlets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And it doesn't matter what sort of baby-proofing items I put in those outlets, he finds a way to find keys, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he's gifted. He's so smart. <laughs> he's going to fry himself, and then he's going to be... You don't want to be on the news that way. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no. So that has uh, been a challenge, all right. but all, like, happy challenges. Well, is there anything that you're, like, anxious about or excited about, like, 
like, what are you expecting coming into well, a new I f- environment? I feel like, uh, you know, because I haven't worked since May 31st was my last day in Chicago because I was uber pregnant and now I'm on maternity leave. And it's always kind of like your first day of school going back, you know, and um, it's a new place, but, you know, some of the people, oh, yeah. and, you know, the town. Exactly. And working alongside Mar- Marvin, mm-hmm. I mean, just salt of the earth yeah, guy, you know, guy. I cannot wait to, to work with him. And and uh, Jennifer Reefer says, you know, Marvin's a really funny guy. You just kind of just <laughs> need someone to pull it out of him. I'm like, oh, OK, I got this. I got this. So, Marvin, if you're listening, gear up, buddy. Because I'm, uh, I'm bringing the fun. So Marvin and I sit, Garrett, why, poor Garrett sits between us, <laughs> and we are each other's audiences for the bad joke. Like, oh, we will God. rattle something oh. off, and I'll look at Marvin, and he'll the same thing. And so he'll he'll just say one liner, and I'll giggle. He's an enabler. No one else in the, you're you're enablers <laughs> for each other. And no one else in the newsroom will laugh, but we'll just look at each other like, all right, that's I'll it. I see so. you, buddy. Mm-hmm. I see you. That's, that's, so get ready for that. Well, Aww. we may have to have you back after you start to be like, okay, so okay, now, now how let's was it? <laughs> I was talking to Robert yesterday, and I said, I feel like it's like my first day of school coming back. Well, today will just be orientation. You know, we'll wait until October 1st. So. Well, that's the other thing. You're going to be, so even if you haven't worked with some of these people, you're going to be in a building full of people that, you know, you've seen, you know. Oh, yeah. And so. I, I never stopped watching Lexington News. I mean, as much as I kept up on things going on in Chicago, I was constantly. That's why I remember your chicken story vaguely. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I've tried to keep my finger on the pulse of everything going on here because I did in the back of my mind, you know, want to be back and it always helps to know the stories that are ongoing. I mean, how many times do we do follow-ups on follow-ups on follow-ups? So, but you scratch that um, itch. I think everybody wonders like, what could I mm-hmm. get to like, you know, a top five, top 10 market? And, you, and then when you, you get it. there, I mean, I was working among a bunch of people who just had network. You they know, all they the, yeah, wanted. Exactly. And I never had the itch for network. I never did. Um, and I don't know if it's because I just feel like, and maybe it's not, again, that disconnect where you're just, you're traveling all the time. Um, you're never really like staying in one community for any length of time and getting to know the people. And to me, that's what the job is all about. Um, and so that's, it's never been never been something I was interested in but I worked with all the people who did like this was just there one more step for them I thought no I want to go back to Lexington just funny because yeah you think about working with people who are like you know Chicago or New York that's their goal mm-hmm. but then you get to Chicago or New York and it turns out no they've, they've got you know they're all looking over too and there were some days I would just sit there and shake my head I'm like this is really the number three market in the country like this camera hasn't worked for three weeks, right? you know, and I don't have a photographer to go shoot this. And so I'd, like I say, the grass is not always greener. Um, I did it because, you know, at the time I had just gotten married to my husband and, you know, I wanted to start planning a little more financially and, um, you know, you'd make that big of a step and I could start saving some money for my son and didn't know we'd have these other two. Um, and so, you know, it was nice in that regard. And for Colton, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was the best of both worlds. He, he got, got to, to have up. all of his friends here in Lexington. And then in the summer months, we'd rip and run around Chicago and all the world-class museums and restival- festivals and, and restaurants and the lake. I mean, that lake is ugh, next to none. It's you had awesome. a surprise wedding. I Real did. quick, that's, I, I feel like we've just stretched this out so far, but I think that's the coolest thing. My husband was not on board, let me tell you that. He was like, we're never going to pull this off. You're never going to. I'm like, don't underestimate me. Don't, <laughs> don't tell me I can't do something because I will do everything in my power to prove you wrong. And he was just, um, just really nervous and really skeptical about how we would pull it off. But we sort of had it working in our favor that we were leaving or that I was at least testing the waters about leaving because that was our out. You know, we had gotten engaged and I said, we're going to do a destination wedding with family. So we're just going to get this engagement party together. You guys just all come and let's just have a good time. Low key. Be real low key. Yeah. And so he said, well, how are you going to get people there at a certain time? Because you put 7 to 11 on the thing, but you're going to have people wandering in at 10 o'clock. 930 or something, yeah. And so I, I put on there, um, you know, please please be here by 7.30 or 7.45 for like a formal introduction of our family. We just want to, you know, introduce everyone. And, and so we, very few people, very few people knew what was happening. In fact, we each had like four or five bridesmaids and his, his men. Um, and they didn't know till the night before. 
I just what? said, I told the girls, I said, wear a black dress. The guys were just supposed to be in a suit. And we told them all the night before. And I said, all right, here's how it's going to go. I had given the, the list of songs to the DJ. And I said, you know, start playing this about five minutes out. And, and so they all knew to gr- gather my mm-hmm. parents. And, and so they started playing um, that Bruno Mars, Marry You or Marry oh, Me yeah. or something. And everyone's kind of like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, like my sister came out dancing with one of my husband's friends. And then the, and then my like, husband comes happening? out in a tux with his mom on his arm. And he had been in a suit before. And then they changed it to, um, oh, my gosh, I cannot. Kip Moore. Um, I forget the song. Oh, my gosh. Something but, about a truck. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect wedding entrance song. I don't Andrea. know about your music, so I'm just like, I don't know what it might be. Could have been any like song. song I know. No, um, but so that started playing, and it was slower. And and Colton walked up mm-hmm. to get me at the back, and my dad, and then we walked down in wedding dress, and everyone was like, Oh my god, there were tears, that's and awesome. there were people saying, I got to hold my beer while I watched a wedding. And I was like, It's my kind of wedding. Cool or not? Yeah, yeah. But that's what it was, and everyone afterwards was like, That was the coolest thing because it was just so low-key yeah all we said you know I, I had been married before and we spent all the money and had the horse-drawn carriage and it's over like that right and you spend yeah. all this money and so we're not doing that again we wanted to have just some little hors d'oeuvres that were passed we got cupcakes and um and we had an open bar for everyone that was like the big expense what more do you need well and the best part of the wedding is the time that you spend with your friends exactly I mean, yeah. and yeah, we the... actually got to have that because it wasn't all stuffy like we got to go pose for pictures and we got to cut the cake and you know just everyone come and have a good time mm-hmm. and so i still get people talking about you know that was just the coolest thing and you know tell me how to do it because we might try to replicate it i said it just all sort of worked out for us we got this guys together and oh, i love um, it so if i ever get a weird invite from andrea <laughs> i don't I think i know. can pull it off you know i can't keep a secret <laughs> that's true well my husband is terrible at keeping secrets so i didn't think he'd be able to but he did Ooh, that I'll is something to, to that. keep in mind as you start your journey here uh, if you ever have something you don't want everyone to know, don't no, do Andrea. Now, if <laughs> it's don't. serious, Noted. I don't know about that at all. If it's too juicy, you know, like fun <laughs> juicy, I'm gonna let it go. But if it's something serious, <laughs> stop it. Uh, I'm I just saying, you. there's yeah, you yeah. can't see his face on the podcast, uh, but he is throwing he's shade. He's serious. He's throwing it's, shade at me. It's, okay. it's like she funnels her stuff to me, and then I keep the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. Oh, his prom cute. date got arrested. Obviously, I'm gonna tell everybody. Like, that's not a secret. Like, oh, did that hurt you? No, it was funny. Like, that's the kind of secret I'm, I tell. So, yeah, I made the mistake of, we, we covered an arrest, and I made the mistake <laughs> of, of telling Andrea, like, oh, actually, I, I know I her. I went to prom with her. And so, well, by the end of the day, the news Mine's on a sex offender room. registry. I oh. have a prom date oh, that's man. on a sex offender registry. See, there you go. Yeah. We've all been there. We've yeah. all made decisions. All right. <laughs> that's my husband's favorite saying. I we all make decisions. Yes. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, Kristen, if people want to reach out to you on uh, you know, the social media, okay, what's the best way? Okay, here's really quick okay. story. Um, I cannot get Facebook to change my name back from Ooh, Kristen Nicole hard. to Kristen Flum. Oh. I'm like, this is my maiden name, guys. Yeah. And they just think I'm a total fraud, mm-hmm. I guess. And they won't change it back. So I'm hoping I don't have to start a new page. But for a, now. You don't lose those people. I know. Those my peeps and they've been reaching out to me for years um so right now you can find me at Kristen nicole wah, wah, which is my middle name guys Kristen nicole um did chicago just not like flum I mean, they was... didn't like flum huh. and which was weird because we had a bomb key and a milkowski and all these weird last names i'm like oh. but you know you try to roll and you don't want right. to be the new girl that comes yeah. in and ruffles like, feathers so, yeah exactly but it ugh. Never, never caught on to that. Um, it's a hassle. Everything's so, just a hassle yeah. with stuff like that. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. I think I'm Kristen on Fox on Instagram and then also on Twitter. But you get to keep. I do. Those. <laughs> thank perfect. you, Instagram and Twitter, for being easy to change my name back. All right. Nice. Well, and when do you start? When will people October be able to... 1st. October 1st. All right. So a little bit of time. Yep. And, um, Sneaking up on me, though. Yeah. This I was say, well, that's the thing you say. We oh, we've got a few months. Detach. The next thing you know, know, you blink and it's all over. Yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you around the office. I can't wait to see you guys. I may never yeah. see you. Unless That's you just have yeah, to no, stay. Victor said, if you see me, it's probably a really bad <laughs> so day. Yeah, it's a long day. day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel it every now and then um, for Sam. So, you know, we may cross paths that way. What yeah. time do you go to bed? So I'll make sure I call you. And, exactly. You know, yeah. wake you up. Well, ideally by uh, 1030. But, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a late one. Well, I know. And we've. So uh, this is baby talk. So, Andrew, you can just go ahead and tune out if you want. 
Um, <laughs> we got we were very blessed because Vera started sleeping through the night around two months, mm-hmm. just boom. And then within the past few weeks, she started waking up around midnight, and we'd give her some milk, and then again around five, and we'd give her some milk. Ooh, and so then the regression. At, at her 18, 15 month checkup, anyway, uh, the the doctor was basically like, yeah, no, just put her down and yeah. just leave her alone. We're like. Okay, you know what? You gave us the permission, and so she'd start crying, and we'd be like, "Suck it up, kid." <laughs> and uh, but but now she just sleeps through the night. I can't and even so, do that with my dog. I well, can't imagine I a child. So, um, I know. Yeah, shout that's out. a bad habit though. When you start doing the milk in the middle, because they want that. But exactly. I'm with you, Victor. I can't. Like if they want it, I'm like, "Mama, that's come my get thing." You. I'm like, come on, come on. I know. I know. But we said, you know what? She gave us permission too, so now she just sleeps through the night again. Good. It's been nice. It worked. So that's what I'm saying. When we go to bed at ten thirty. We'll go to bed. All right. I mean, she's before that, but, you know, a few hours of adult time. This is the pod, the tangent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you, when you, when we're like, okay, so I gotta long. go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're still talking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And well, that's the thing. Yeah. Every time somebody who's, who has kids is on the podcast that Andrea gets kind of shelved to the side for a little bit. I love babies, though. You do love babies. I do. And Vera loves you. Sometimes. Well, see, since you work the morning, if I'm ever in a pickle, there Andrea, I'm going to be like, back that podcast up. You said you like babies, and I got a baby, I got and you, I got girl. a trouble spot. So, uh, yeah. How much do you really like babies? Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this is fun. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, once you yep. hit the... We'll keep it shorter next going. time. Yes. Uh, so people is... can watch this or listen to it on their lunch break. They'll be Not right. roll into their dinner break. <laughs> all right, bye, everybody. Well, Andrea... Well, you've got a very excited look on your face. <laughs> How do you think that went? <laughs> I thought it went well. It was interesting. And I I definitely wanted to talk about that surprise wedding because I think that it's too yes. cool. Very interesting. And I wish I had asked about the proposal, but we didn't. Gave you some ideas, though. Uh, f- who for am your, I your surprise the question to? <laughs> Someday. <laughs> but Goodness yeah, and so that was, that was, I guess, was that your first time meeting Kristen? Really? Well, I saw her. I don't think we ever really had any real interactions. Like I said, I think I said the week before, she was always kind of intimidating to me. You know, she's... Tall. She's tall. <laughs> <laughs> she's tall and she's beautiful. And, you know, she was accomplished. So I was a nobody. I, I kind of just kept to myself and tried to be more observant than the loud voice I am now. <laughs> but look at us now. Now she's on our show. Woo! Yeah, we appreciate her having her on and her coming in and bringing a little cruise. Oh, I our know. Our second baby on the podcast. He was a cutie and he was so well behaved. He was so good. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, well, he was a real good baby. All right, Andrea. Well, favorite things. Um, mine could easily be a food thing, but it's not going to. We, we've established no more food items. I will just say, go eat the Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's well, really good. If they have it. It's become kind of an... I've, I've had three. So here's the funny thing. Yesterday, I go... Um, because I've discovered if you go around lunchtime or just before lunch or just after lunch, you can usually get it. It's in the evening when they tend to run out because ah. by the end of the day. So I go in, um, I think it was around one fifteen. It was right around 1 because I had an interview at 1230. I go walking in, and who do I see in line in front of me but Robert Thomas and John Nelly from Promotions? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they all, oh, hey, how's it going? Were they getting the chicken <laughs> yeah, so sandwich, they were also of getting, course? They wanted to try it. And then it's also funny because uh, Devin Jackson, who's been on the podcast before, he is all in on Chick Fil A. He's had several Facebook posts talking about how he refuses, I think, to like to cheat on Chick Fil A oh <laughs> because gosh. of well, how I saw, how loyal he is to them. I saw a pretty epic picture where you were. It was based on Bring It On. Yes, and you were on the Clovers. Yes, and Devin was on the Tauros yes. because of the. I guess because of, I don't know. Which is, is an odd visual, but it's it's accurate. It, it, yeah. <laughs> And you said you were proud to be a Clover. Proud to be a Clover, man. Well, they were clearly the superior team. Oh, my goodness. Popeyes, uh, they, they haven't done me wrong yet. I will I say. I haven't tried it yet, and I really want. Where even is a Popeyes? It's on Nicholasville Road over near um, Old Broadway. You know I don't you know where Golden Corral, Golden Corral is? No. You don't know where Golden I thought you would have every Golden Corral mapped out. Mm. <laughs> Your face now. What? <laughs> anyway. I thought about. Uh, about a rebuttal, but I was like, nah, keep it real. <laughs> um, I love Golden Corral. What are you what I do. I do too, but, you know, yeah. it's the chocolate fountain I'm scarred. Uh, yeah. I saw a kid pick their nose and then uh, stick it in the chocolate oh fountain. My. I was like, ooh. Oh, wow. But I don't think kids eat enough dirt nowadays, and that's why there are so many diseases. <laughs> That took a turn. I wasn't expecting uh, that. I, mean, but, I do think our kids are um, too sheltered. 
you know, Vera has, I've caught her eating handfuls of it before. And okay, the other day, <laughs> she was in the kitchen with Mandy, and Mandy sees her, like, working something in her mouth. She's like, what are you doing? Stop, come here. And she holds her hand out, and she goes, Bleh, and out comes some oh, dog food <laughs> that nice. she grabbed out of Vader's bowl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Kelsey literally said that. I stole that line from Kelsey Mattingly. She's like, kids don't eat enough dirt. <laughs> what? Every generation likes to talk about how soft the following generation is. It's so is. true, isn't it? Yeah. Every, I mean, that's. I remember when I was little and everybody just like, oh, kids nowadays, they don't. And it's, you know, I'm sure in 1910, kids were like, oh, when I, or old people were like, when I was in you the know, 1870s, course. things were, and you know, so it's just. Well, technology just keeps getting better and better. It's a continuous cycle. What will our kids say? I mean. Obviously, we're going to say, I remember a time without smartphones when you had to look stuff up on a computer. Yep, I had to print it. But then everybody else is like, I remember when I had to go to the library. I was telling one of our reporters here, newer newer ones, about how I had to print out directions from Google Maps. Oh, I used to do that all the time. To get to my first job interview here in Lexington. It was my first time driving Mm -hmm. in Lexington, and I got lost. Aww. Because that's that's what you do. Oh, my gosh. I feel Um, nostalgic. It actually makes me happy to talk about stuff like that, yeah, though. Isn't I, that weird? It was I such a hassle. I bought a Garmin, like one of those like oh, TomTom yes. things, and I, it would change my life. It wasn't as accurate as your iPhone now, but it was great. Well, my mom needs to take my brother's old Garmin because despite having an iPhone, she doesn't believe that mm. her Google Maps works. <laughs> <sighs> Distrust of technology. That's I a common thing. I tell her thing. all the time it's user error, but she doesn't believe it. She's like, no, mine, mine just doesn't Just download Waze. It's pretty simple. Yeah, and Cookie Monster. Yeah, and you can get Cookie Monster voice, which I <laughs> accidentally enabled on our trip to Chicago. So we had Cookie Monster telling us to watch out for police. That was awesome. Wait, what is your favorite thing then? We, we Look at us. We went look off. Well, no, I, we had a lot of diversions. And I was also going to say the, the service at Popeye's and Chick-fil-A, I have had very different experiences. Well, Chick-fil-A is overly yes. polite. They are so polite sometimes it's creepy. It's almost like a Stepford Wives <laughs> type thing. Um, they've always been, you know, they're always super, super nice. And I always feel warm after leaving there. Um, Popeye's, you can tell that at least my last couple trips, they're a little overwhelmed. Well, yeah. I mean, the play, there's, there are lines out the door and they're doing their best. Oof. And my food has been delicious every time. But yeah, the, the one time I also had got some strips for Mandy. I was like, Hey, um, can I get some, some sauce? And the guy's like, Oh. Okay. <laughs> and he goes and gets it. You know, it's just like one additional step was a lot. And when you're dealing with that many people. I know. I, I wanted to apologize. I want to be like, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm here. And that you all are having to cook me food. I Honestly, I've felt that way before. When people are, I can just tell they're slammed. You know, mm-hmm. we worked in food. We know. Like, it sucks. You're just like, I don't want to ask for anything. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever you give me is fine. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of rude people. Oh. Um, so... I was trying to meet someone. I bought a clock off the Facebook Marketplace the other oh, day. Oh, did you? And I was texting the lady to tell her that I was on my way. I was at a stoplight, fully stopped, and I guess I missed the light turning by maybe two seconds. And a guy looked over at me and screamed, wake the F up. It was so scarring that's terrifying it was he was so mean <laughs> i'm sorry he did that to you i i was shocked i will say i'm a I, if i'm at a red light and the person in front of me you know if it turns green and they pause for two three seconds i'm tapping that horn okay well, because i know he, they're on their phone and it's like just just speaking stop up it. You're, he you're laid everybody up. on his horn and he wasn't behind me he He's was beside next you? to me yeah and i was like i'm not even a you why are you screaming at me and he was still there too if he was still there yeah. then he also hadn't moved and then i immediately passed him and was caught up within a second with the car in front of me i was like that was such an overreaction well andrew sometimes people just drive angry clearly <laughs> and i incite a lot of anger i'm a terrible angry. driver i, I can you, admit that so you're, no, you're bad am. driving is what they have done i'm it. just i'm not the most observant person for example, my phone is currently at the Dollar Tree on Maple Leaf because I forgot it yesterday. What? So did you sit it down to pick something up? See, I had to have. I, I was pretty sure. I think I left it in my cart. And I realized immediately when I got my car, I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot my phone. I was like, I hope no one ha- 
took it already. So I run back in. I isolated the register. She didn't have it. And I remembered I had a black cart. They have black and green mm-hmm. carts. And I remembered I had a black cart. So I walked all around the store and approached creepily all the people with a black cart and was like, is there a phone in there? Did you notice anything in there? And, of course, everybody just looked at me like I was a crazed person. <laughs> and a few people and were like, like, that's that girl from no, TV. <laughs> probably. But, um, but, yeah, so none of them had it. So I, at that point, was like, eh, it's over. Did they call you and tell you they found it or something? Yes, I was literally looking up, like, to file the report Mm -hmm. on Verizon.com or whatever, and somebody called me, Leisha, from the Dollar Tree and Maple Leaf. Called the station or just called? She called my work phone. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I was so happy. Well, that's awesome. Good service. Good on you, Dollar Tree. That's my favorite thing this week. Good people. Yeah, good people. The fact that somebody, you know, found your phone, called you up, turned it back in. I had very little faith. Especially after your experience. It's been renewed. Especially after your experience losing your um, wallet down in, um, on your trip or whatever. Whenever your stuff got stolen. Wasn't that what you said? Your credit um, cards, your debit cards got stolen? Who knows? This happens a lot to me. <laughs> How many times have you lost your debit cards? I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> you mean this is, this is something that happens so often that you don't remember? The, we talked about it on this podcast. Like there was a, an incident whenever you were down in Nashville. I don't remember this, it's but ha- I have no doubt that you're right. Okay, well, it yeah, because you lot. thought you thought somebody had, or no, it wasn't down in Nashville. It was when you came back. You thought that somebody had pickpocketed you at the mall. Remember? Oh, they did. Oh, okay, that's what it was. I mean, I don't know that. I think that it was happened. during the Nashville podcast whenever you, you talked about that. That's this what, was that's at what Fayette Mall. Okay. This wasn't in Nashville. This was at the Fayette Mall, and it, they did pickpocket. But we can, we can, well, we can agree that you believe someone pickpocketed you, but it's also possible that you just set your stuff down somewhere. But I had all my stuff. I had my full, whole wallet with everything in it but my debit card. So somebody, wait, so somebody reached in, got your debit card? There are evil forces. <laughs> so, so, no, I didn't even realize that part of the story at the time. So somebody reached in, got just your debit card, and left everything else. Okay, I only had one strap on. Did did they try to spend anything <laughs> on it? My purse, and so it's not possible you just left the debit card somewhere. Okay. No. Oh, you know what? I I don't I, want to have this argument again. Well, it's I not, feel it's like not an argument. I just I believe. That, well, I'm learning new things. I didn't realize. I thought that like you lost your entire wallet. I didn't realize that somebody um, that a ninja was able to approach you while you were shopping, reach <laughs> inside, pull out just your debit card, and then take off without you realizing it. I didn't know that's what had happened. And that's a lot more impressive. You're and saying it. I'm sorry that that happened to you and that you were targeted by possibly the Yakuza or the Triad. <laughs> I'm not sure. Somebody who had a lot of skill, uh, maybe a former circus performer or a magician. It was obviously somebody who had real good sleight of hand work. And I'm sorry that they did that to you. We've talked so much. And I want to tell another story anyway. Go so for it. I was well, listening to the moth. No, we, don't, we don't have a time limit. I was listening to the moth radio hour. And this guy, basically, like, he had some very religious parents. And I guess he started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with his friends. And yeah. his dad came to pick him up for some from something. And, like, a tournament. Yeah. Dropped him off at home. And he comes in. He said his dad never would come up to see his mom because they were divorced and they hated each other. And he's like, well... Our son's in a gang. And she was like, what? And he said, he's in the Yakuza. Because <laughs> he's playing Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> he was playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and he said that, he's like, you know how I know? Because I was able to buy a weapon. And it was literally like a fake weapon from Blade 2. Like it said Blade oh, 2 on the, <laughs> on the knife. Because they're at some comic book like entertainment wow. store. Yeah, you get those sweet, sweet Yu-Gi-Oh, Yakuza. Weapons. I get it. And Blade had a really cool sword. You had to flip, flick the little thing so it didn't cut your hand off. I know. Yeah. And he thought that was a Yakuza weapon. <laughs> wow. Well, we shouldn't talk about them too much. They they may be listing. But um, I'm just, I'm sorry that, you know, you were targeted Thank by, you. Someone, by, by someone so skilled. Thank you. Um, and also, yeah, I know Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Yakuza, two very different things. Um, they always seem so cool in the movies, you know? Which ones? The Yakuza. They're in like Tokyo Drift and uh, Avengers Endgame. They're like they pop up in all these movies. Sure. I was a big fan of uh, Japanese culture and mythology, I which, saw... is, which is common with a lot of nerds. You see, a lot, you see a lot of people <laughs> that get into anime, and suddenly you know they're, they're they're learning all kinds of Japanese words just to try to be cool. It's okay. Good for you. <laughs> own is, it. Just own it. Been quite the diversion. Goodness all right. Um, gracious. I, well, yeah. My favorite thing was not food. Um, I have started watching season three of Glow. Oh. It's really good. Female wrestlers. Uh, yes. 
wrestlers. Yes. Uh, this season, um, a little bit different since it's not so much based on the TV show. They end up going to Vegas, starting kind of a, a show there. That's good. And it's got uh, Marin, Mark Marin. Mark Marin, Allison Brie, uh, Betty Gilpin. She's really good in it. Nice. I need to watch that. I think I'd like it. Yeah. I did start watching Barry per your yes. suggestion. It's amazing and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, really good. The Fonz is great. Um, yeah, he is He is fantastic on there. And um, I, have you got to know Ho Hank yet, the bald guy? I've only seen episode one. Okay. I fell asleep during episode that's two. Fine. You'll get to it. Uh, yeah, so that's great. Um, Barry, again, another recommendation. And I finally bought um, Avengers Endgame came out on Blu-ray. Oh. I've watched it twice so far. Um, only cried the first time. I think I managed to hold it together the second time. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, you know what? Again, I'm going to have to let you borrow my Blu-ray player so you can check all these out. I know. And and the Blu-ray movie. Oh, yes. That too. Obviously. I, well, I, I can bring it to the station. We could watch it here. Okay. I'm fine. We <laughs> should pull it up on the giant screens somehow. Yes. If we could. Yes. I believe they'd be able to. I don't see why not. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Now, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll set up a, a weekend viewing party. Everybody can come in, watch it on the big screen with the giant speakers overhead. That sounds like fun. I like it. I like it a lot. One of these days, we need to we need to find a uh, show or movie or something that we enjoy, and we can do a commentary track <gasps> where it just plays, and then somebody plays this while they're watching it, and like the three people who enjoy it and us would would you know it's like we're watching it with them. So do we have to be like press play now? Nah, yes. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> It can even be just for like an episode of TV or just <gasps> something you enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm into it. All right. I well, like this idea. Write it down. Um, you know, I don't write down any ideas. <laughs> but there we go. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I doubt anyone's left. You know what? Um, thumbs up for good people out there who return things. Yes. Uh, Glow Season 3 is good. Barry's great. Um, Avengers Endgame, officially the largest movie of all time. They were able to beat... Um, Avatar. I think mm. there's some funny shenanigans. I think they did. I'm not sure they actually did, but they found money. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Well, I'll take it. Oh, um, also, real quick, did you hear the Spider-Man maybe leaving the Marvel Universe? I, Sony and Marvel coming. I mean, it. I I'm, I'm a grown man, it. and this shouldn't bother me, but um, but, it does. but it does. So there we go. Hopefully, they get that worked out. And uh, yeah, everybody, be good to each other. Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye.